Matthew, Matthew, are you there? They were trying to say I was drunk. I drank eight beers yesterday. That was all I drank. upon us here in the metropolitan city of Austin, Texas. A cruel summer is at hand. The afternoon rays just just kind of pushing you down on the hot pavement. But it's it's cool. I'm cool. I'm here in one ivy covered castle, maybe a cave. It feels like we could lager some beer in here. I'm enjoying the last few glorious moments of the socializing between the waves. We're going back into stage four here on episode 106 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Um, Thanks for joining us. We've got some great segments coming up. Some classics. Uh, we've got a wiki history. <laughs> we've got a we got a poetry corner, and uh, Schaefer and I have Olympic fever. We're going to tell you all about that. I'm here sitting in the ivy covered castle cave with my podcast writer, Die. You know him. You love him. He's a cartographer's assistant of the new age. He's swinging on trees. <laughs> he's he's swinging in the tangerine trees like an orangutan. He's my ride or die, Schaefer Hall. Hunter gatherers, you better take care if you find Matthew casting round at your back stare. Sometimes I think it's a shame when a Schaefer puts those spaces tweeds his sentences. <laughs> nice. Wow, I really enjoy that. I like sh- I like shaking it up from time to time. A lot of people think I'm too rigid and pedantic to like change it up, but no, no, that was. Uh, you're definitely you've always been willing on the fly to switch the roles, and you always do a good job. So there was that one time at first where you were like, "Let's switch the roles," and I was like, "No, we need to establish the roles first." Pedantic and rigid. Uh, that was true. If we, if, but if it's not established, then there's nothing to switch. Uh, yeah, and you kind of you're like, let's do that more like episode eighty or something. Yeah. Is is that the third time we've done that? It's the second, the, I the think. Second. Okay. We did the Halloween episode, uh, and that was because I and I because I, like I dreamed that song parody of like okay. Matthew sh- Matthew cast it all night long. Right. Okay. Now um, that song, <laughs> I recognize the melody. But I can't place the name of that song. Sundown. By who? Gordon Lightfoot. Okay. And this is a song that I've always had a fascination with. And, you know, it's it's weird because I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about music. I think it is like in a, in a minor key or in an off key, um, which, you know, that tends to make a song like more melancholy or more scary. But it also like it has some just really weird lyrics, but they're not they're not obvious lyrics. Um, but that was a big hit, right? Oh, I mean, huge! I, I, I remember huge that hit, from yeah. Radio. Like, and you'll hear it on you know AM radio gold all the time. And but you know stuff like 
I can see her lying back in her satin dress in a room where you do what you don't confess. Oh, my goodness. You know, so, and then, is but then like that the, line, is like, that like the podcast? Sundown, you better take care if I find you creeping around by my back stairs. Like, to personify someone as sundown is, I think, both to glorify, you know, because sunset is a beautiful thing. So to say somebody's like sundown is to say that they're beautiful, but it's also to say that they're a light going out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's... Yeah. So just that that image to personify a female, or, you know, it's obviously kind of a lady friend or a love interest as sundown is a really loaded image and really strange image to me. And, it, you know, it always like set off bells in the back of my head. And then a few years ago, um, I decided to look it up, you know, and, you know, I, I, it was just, first of all, I just looked at the lyrics, which I didn't really know. You know, the way that's the way with some songs. You just listen to them and you don't need to know the lyrics. It's just a good song. Yeah. And uh, they stay in your head whether you know them or not. So I looked at it and then I was like, wow, yeah, these are just some dark lyrics. Wonder, like, if he's talking about anything specific. And I looked it up and boy, he sure was talking about some some oh. uh, specific person. Uh, you, you can find her name uh, on the Internet. Uh, it's this gal that he was that he had a really serious relationship with. Um, and there was a, it was an abusive relationship in both directions. Like she beat him up, he beat her up. And, uh, they both did a ton of drugs and she was in fact known in both the rock and roll entertainer entertainment world as like a, a place, a connection, a place to get a lot of, you know, good drugs and a variety of drugs and she also was kind of known, you know, as I think kind of a groupie, somebody who dated a lot of different musicians and celebrities, but the most significant relationship was with Gordon Lightfoot. But before that, uh, she had a significant relationship with one John Belushi. And apparently oh, she's man. the one who, according to lore, American cultural lore, she's the one who gave John Belushi the bad stuff that then led, led to his overdose. Oh, my God. Sorry to bring you guys so what, much. Uh, what's her name? Dude? So much fun. Kathy Smith. Oh, huh. Uh, and you know they. That's a. It's one of those things where, you know, like the internet says, like, oh, this is most likely. But you know, like, I think I can't imagine you know this not being true. There are enough sources that are like, yeah, that, that's definitely what this song's about. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I believe stuff. Sometimes I don't believe this. I'm going to put this at, at like ninety percent. Okay. Correct. Wow. Um, this is one of those times where I just spontaneously learn something from my podcast. <laughs> 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 well, gosh, I'm glad you shared that. I love the parody of it. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, I think maybe it came up in my head. If you don't mind, like, as long as, you know, I'm talking about sad things. I think maybe like a lot of this. I came... feel that this podcast has been too light for too long. <laughs> Bring <laughs> yeah. us down. Let's go. Well, yeah, I, so I, I told you a little bit about this before we came on. My friend Stacy passed away over the weekend. He was a bartender at the Mongoose and a really good friend of mine. Um, we had tons and tons of crazy fun together. But, like, we also had kind of a, I think, you know, I, I'm sure he wouldn't have minded me saying this, like, kind of a mentor relationship, you know. Was he older? Younger. He was younger. No, yeah, he oh, was. You, you were his. Uh, yeah, you were a bit of his mentor. He was all of. I think he was all of twenty one when he came on at the Mongoose. I see. And he had been learning about craft beer at another craft beer place, 
uh, and like where like the manager kind of mistreated him and kind of used him for, you know, because he you know he would put up with a lot of shit, and you know it was one of those things where you know the manager was like taking most of the tips but just sitting mm. at the side of the bar. And so he came on and kind of. For, for anybody who doesn't know, the Mongoose is a, is the Mongoose versus Cobra is a bar that Schaefer was co-owner of in Houston. What year did y'all open? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah. May of twenty twelve. Yeah, that was the the one. Yeah, the one before the front page was the Mongoose, and it was. So so Stacy might have still sort of been in his twenties. Yeah, Stacy. Yeah, it was still very. It was still very young. He passed away on Thursday night. Um, and it was like it was the same story, man. Like everybody in his life just took advantage of him. Our, our friend Gigi is like said it best. Stacy was good to everyone except himself. And you know the people who are inclined to take advantage of that sort of thing, they just they do it and they do it and it, and like he had you know people very close to him you know, who would do that in different ways, like his manager was doing, just, you know, take advantage of the fact that he was super nice, he'd work hard, he'd do anything for you if he, you know, if he loved you. And especially girlfriends, like, uh, uh, <laughs> certainly if if there's uh, ex-girlfriends listening to this, I'm not talking about you. This is related to the <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot song. You know that I love you. Uh, if, you if you're listening to this and you're Stacey's ex-girlfriend, you probably know I'm not talking about you. Um... But there are some other you know, some other ones who definitely wouldn't be listening to this who like just yeah just took advantage of him and like and you know I think he blamed himself you know in the way that people do for you know for a lot for a lot of that behavior and then and just you know then took it really hard when when those people wouldn't come through for him in his when when he was in his time of need then. Like he blamed himself for that, and he, you know, I think you know, wondered if he deserved that kind of treatment. Uh, again, he he definitely he deserved all the good treatment in the world. Man, he and I, he, he was a really good musician, and uh, he and I loved to play music together. And one uh, one time, we had a few days off. We closed down the Mongoose on a Monday night, and my sister was down in Galveston, uh, in Jamaica Beach specifically, uh, at a beach house there. And so we 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 closed down the Mongoose and then drove straight straight to Galveston to see her. Um, you know, rolled in there around dawn. <laughs> like it was funny because like I was I was lit up. Stacy drove, so and I was just like drinking heavily, and, you know. I was really like letting myself go uh, at the time. I, you know, I stressed out a lot, and I really needed to like let the beast out of the cage. And Stacy was like, "All right, I'll handle this. You know, you just do whatever you want." I, like on that trip, apparently, like I laughingly like poured a slushy on his head, like while he was driving. Like I don't even remember that. Um, and we got down there, and you know, there was this upper deck at the beach house, you know, like second floor thing, you know, and then down into a canal. And apparently, like, I just got there. We went up. My sister met us. Um, and I just basically stripped down to my underwear and just jumped off that upper, upper deck and did like a did like a dead man's dive right into the canal. <laughs> and, like, apparently, like, Stacy and my sister just looked at each other 
And like my sister said, like she was kind of like sizing them up. Like, are you are you ready to ride the Schaefer ride? And like <laughs> Stacy was like, you're her sister, so you must be ready to ride the Schaefer. And you're like, so there was like some mutual understanding there. Like, oh, all right, we're about to we're about to take a we're about to take a Schaefer ride for the next. Yeah. Uh, 48 hours well however long it lasts <laughs> i mean once you're on the ride it's difficult to get off so. but that's like after we took some naps we had some we had some dinner we went into town with grace and i think alice her her daughter was a baby at the time and we went into town and had some dinner um i we hadn't packed anything so i got a change of clothes at like one of the beach bum stores well i got like the most ridiculous like <laughs> silly t-shirts i could find you know, like uh, like hat that says like "damn seagulls" and has splatters all over it or whatever. Uh, uh, and then, is there a picture of you from this trip? Uh, there probably that we recently were talking about. On the <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There okay. might be, okay. Okay. but oh, uh, there's a. I'll tell you what. I'll post a picture of Stacy and I from that morning. Um, so uh, see. Yeah, because he's wearing like a snorkel that I found in my car. I already had it in my car. This is before I even decided to go to the beach. And so... Uh, it was just your car snorkel. But yeah, exactly. But then, so then we went, so then we went back and then Stacy and I, the Grace and Alice went to bed and Stacy and I went to this little beach bar um, where like it was kind of the off season and it was a Tuesday. So it was all locals. And uh, and they had some guitars and some harmonicas and stuff, and they were playing music. And then, you know, they they were we noticed they were kind of passing the guitar around, and Stacy and I were getting pretty tuned up, uh, booze wise, you know, and the guitar was tuned up tune wise. Um, so I kind of said, you know, oh, could I play that? Well, you know, you're not doing it. They said sure. So we started like we started just rocking through like. Well, you know, like all the Willie Nelson songs, all the Waylon Jennings songs, all the, you know, and then like, then they, they got into it. Turns out like the, the lady behind the bar was a great singer and great guitarist too. And they were like, you know, we might as well. And they were like, we might as well get the PA out. So they took a PA out and then, then they plugged in the guitars and they plugged in some microphones. Were you said in a prompto jam? Yeah. And so it just, uh, it turned into this whole show. Uh, and it was super fun. Wow. Uh, we played a lot of, uh, and, uh, yeah, that was a great, great night. Great night with Stacy. And he was, yeah, so always down for a good time. Uh, gonna miss him a lot. Um, yeah, uh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. And he, he took his own life. Uh, they, they're still waiting on the Emmy report. Obviously this is all so fresh. Thanks. You know, they, uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, if anybody's out there and you're feeling, despondent and and if you feel like there's no hope uh reach out give us a call i i i've been in some really dark dark spots uh myself uh, matthew and i are both really good at talking to people (laughs) in dark spots i can totally (laughs) totally relate thanks to practicing Uh, on each other yeah yeah well that's terrible shape yeah and raise a glass to old stacy it's good dude yeah well, how about those Olympics? Uh, yes. How about American exceptionalism? Uh, or American unexceptionalism. <laughs> Did not win a single medal on the first day. Oh, we didn't? Nope. Yesterday, 
we finally won something in swimming. We won a, we won went from zero to like five yeah. in like half an hour in yeah. swimming. No, yeah, that's yeah, that's how it goes. But yeah, and I don't know what was going on on, on the first day. Probably like badminton stuff that uh, that Americans not excel in anyway. Well, but. and I, I only mention that because. I heard a snippet of something on NPR that they were talking about the 84 Olympics and, um, you know, Mary Lou Retton and Michael Jordan and the dream team. And it was like this moment in time in this country when, um, you know, it it was, (laughs) things were going pretty good in 1984 and the Olympics were part of that, uh, of that movement. Uh, And, you know, they were talking about how, everybody was like tuned in and you know there weren't all these streaming options there wasn't all the content like everybody was watching the olympics and they were even talking about how mcdonald's had this um had this olympic game game, uh, that everybody was yeah yeah Yeah. like i was definitely yeah you was like you would uh, get it you would get a game piece and uh it would be a sport and you would get anytime Americans got a medal in that sport, you could redeem it for. Yeah. A you, you got a different a thing, like a, or... uh, like a bronze was a soda or something and a silver oh, was okay. fries. And then a, a gold was a sandwich or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, I, you can tell I'm a man of a certain age because I've started calling hamburger sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> One of those burger sandwiches, <laughs> a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> It's very like <laughs> second definition of something. <laughs> like, could you be? It's a sandwich. Could you be more specific? <laughs> it's a burger. <laughs> I overgeneralize. I feel like that's a like a geriatric thing to call it a hamburger. Well, sandwich. I I only brought that up because I now in my life I know I love the Olympics. I enjoy it every time, even even with all its bad press and all the problems with the Olympic Committee and. And every time the Olympics come around, of course, I'm a I'm a sportsman. I'm a sports fan. Um, but I love the Summer Olympics. I love the Winter Olympics. One time, uh, it was my third orthopedic surgery from soccer. It was the second surgery on my knee. Um, I guess that would have been... Uh, I think that's uh, 2010. Um, I... I had had surgery and I was to use this machine that moved my knee, that bent my knee and straightened it for like, I was supposed to be in that machine like eight hours a day. I was still working. So I was coming home from work early and getting on the couch and we had a DVR and the winter Olympics were on. Nice. And I enjoyed me some curling. Watch some curling. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I got so deeply into those Olympics. Um, but, you know, here they are again. And, of course, it's a, it's a, it's a Galdern miracle that it's happening at all because of the pandemic. They were, they were canceled when they were supposed to be. And, um, of course, we all know there's tons of silver linings still coming out of these pandemics. But, uh, actually, I, I made a reference in the opening that I'm socializing between the waves uh, I think that's going to be the waves of the pandemic. Uh, we've moved back into stage four here in Austin. Uh, even vaccinated people are recommended to be masking. Yeah. I hope that Schaefer and I are not sharing the Delta variant between us at the moment, even though it's, uh, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird scene because 
apparently vaccinated people can still be test positive and pass the virus. So um, my understanding is that vaccinated people can still get the virus. They're much less likely to show symptoms. And if they do show symptoms, it's very very light. And yeah, they're much less likely to pass it to somebody else. Uh, That is my understanding. So, but we should, you know, I mean, we should still be wearing masks just because, like, I mean, just because all these, you know, nut jobs not not getting vaxxed. Like, you know, and, you know, it happened in in, in India. It wasn't really India's fault. They didn't Our have, apologies to any of these nut jobs who might be listening right now. You know, in India, it wasn't really their fault. They didn't have the vax. So, but... That's, you know, I think that's what caused the deleterious. There's another one and a bunch of people in France were getting vaxxed. Another variant came out of there. And, you know, like, is I'm waiting for the, you know, the right-wing Republican variant to hit us, you know, from this huge swath of, you know, Alabama's 30% vaccinated. Can we call it the Trumper variant? Yeah, there's something like that. Call it the, yeah, the MAGA variant, whatever. I don't mind doing that. It is... It is breaking on those lines, no, you know, whether as bizarre as that is to me. I remember last winter when it was unclear when the vaccine would get to me and my family and just feeling like if we can, we've done all this hard work of isolating and masking and we're going to make it to the vaccine. I was like, surely by the first of summer we can get it. And it was even sooner. I got fully vaxxed by the end of April and... It seemed like such a, like we were coming out of it. Ha, no part of me could have foreseen that we would be begging people, giving away, like, there's all kinds of, like, incentives in certain states. Yeah. For if, like, a $100 visa card if you get, who would have thought we would be begging people to get this Miracle of modern science. <laughs> Miracle of science. And 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 these, as Schaefer so delicately referred to them, friends and family included, I'm sure, nut jobs. Uh, you know, they the 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 way they talk about a vaccine as if it, it's it is like a brand new thing. People, your life in America is bolstered by vaccines you've been you've been taking them all your life if you're smart if your parents were smart some of you survive polio epidemics because you you and your loved ones got a vaccine it's not a new technology granted the the pfizer and the moderna are a new technology but they seem to be working like twice as good as the the j and j was the old technology and you got all these breakthroughs (laughs) you know like the other ones are working i don't know i guess we could we we all could be in some our genes are getting uh jacked with one imagination oh matthew's getting shivers having to give me a massage give a little to calm down pat on the back but right am i right all right i mean it's 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 the most absurd situation it's very frustrating and here we are we're going into another spike and we're being asked to mask up again and and there's all this talk of nothing what it's doing to american businesses and the american economy and you know all of the you know but that, but but then when you when you talk about that, that gives fodder to people who are like, well, I'm not gonna wear my mask. I'm just gonna go about my life. No, that's you can no, you can go about your life 
and still wear your mask. Yeah, both are pot, you know, and this is this new round is is your fault. If my business fails, it's your fault for not getting vaccinated. Wow. If there's somebody out there who's not getting vaccinated by choice. You nidnecks. Yeah, <laughs> nidnecks. And then meanwhile, I got to listen to like Johnny Fuckhead downtown, you know, the Texas governor talking about, you know, doing all of these just bananas things to try to try to make sure that nothing ever gets done by any government ever again. That's I think that's the plan. Is he's gone like he's like strapping the dynamite to his political chest, and he's trying to just destroy. I don't know. There's I, no. I think he's I think he's playing right into the uh, into the Trump variant crowd. <laughs> Trump. I, I you know he's di- he's doing what they want him to do because he's like, well, there's not going to be any mass mandates, and there's not going to be any more lockdowns. That's what they want to hear, and then they also want to hear. And we're going to have this voter, we're going to secure our elections. It's the voting thing that just drives me crazy. By making it very difficult for people to vote. Oh, and we need you to not talk about race in history. That's so (laughs) un-American. You know, like... Which part? Like limiting anybody's right to vote. Limiting anybody's right to say what they want to say about race. Like this is all like... Limiting, limiting somebody's right to receive a bottle of water this if you're is, waiting in a voting line. This is the stuff that George Orwell wrote about. You know, we're all supposed to, we all projected on the USSR when we were kids, right? It's, and now nah, it's just. <laughs> it's funny how they've been able to twist it and turn it into. Uh, I, I don't know. get it. What went wrong? Is it something I did? Like, what did I, could I have done anything differently? You could have assassinated Newt Gingrich when you had the chance. <laughs> You could have strangled uh, oh, sorry. That's Rush, like, Rush Limbaugh in his sleep. Get those, yourself on any government list. Those two, guys, those two guys could have, they could have slowed it down. Uh, uh, I don't know, Shafi. Or, you know, think, yeah, maybe. There's no, there's nothing that you personally could have If I had done. studied harder in political science and gone into politics myself, that's the only, you know, that's the only thing that you can do is change, you know, change it from the inside. But, you know, it's that classic, classic cliche um that is cliche because it's true the people who should be in politics would never want that job in a million years yeah <laughs> well there's just so the few true public servants people who've been wanting to be governor of texas since they were little kids are the people who definitely should not be doing that job right right because the people are going to do anything to protect that job and they're just seeking vote the themselves yeah vote themselves an extra 20 years of terms and uh, so <laughs> how's this doing for you? We're gonna rooting on us in these uh swimming swimming events we're watching here, Matthew. I'm having a hard time with my patriotism. It's the Olympics, it's my most patriotic time. Um, let's talk about the drop at the top of the show. Uh, Schaefer is a dazzling donor to our favorite other podcast, TBTL. And Schaefer got the noisemaker of all the. This is all the drops. That's a tuna, bro. These are some some typical, very popular TBTL drops that came in this like. What what do you call that thing? I have a, a sound machine. Yeah, it's box? it's a little mini robot. Yeah, well, I did. I'm at Schaefer's. I didn't hook up the robot today, so. Jalapeno. So we've got this guy <laughs> instead. This is a first too. It's the first time we're casting on the scouts. It's the first cast without the robot. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, we have the robot's little brother. I 
I know that I know that everybody would be happy to have a robot back, but uh, we got mini robot here. Yeah, so uh, most of you guys know this. Too beautiful to live is the podcast that inspired this podcast, um, and in fact, you know, the, the our style of introduction um, is you know just directly influenced by Luke Burbank, who uh, you know, and Luke Luke Burbank was def was directly influenced by Art Bell, who was okay. Uh, you know, I'm an old fan of. So you know, yeah. this is a long history of 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 radio banter that we're keying into here. Sure. You know. Good. I'm uh, glad to hear that gives us some legitimacy. And uh, and then you know what I was also thinking about? There was an old show on WFMU out of that was New Jersey Freeform Radio, and it was called Seven Second Delay. And you can find old episodes like on YouTube and stuff of Seven Second Delay. And it was Andy Breckman, who's a comedian and screenwriter, and then and Ken Ken something or other Ken. Ken, Ken something or other, uh, who was the pro he was the uh, program director at WFMU at the time, and it was just the two of them goofing off, and they would do the craziest, funniest things. They would have people like call in and sing Christmas carols. That'd be a whole show, you know. They did one. They did a hilarious thing called eBay Duel, where they uh, they both like put together this grab bag of things and they put them up on eBay, and then on the air. They slowly, they slowly pulled like one thing out and described it, and another thing out and described it, and in real time, people could bid on it oh. and to see who at the end of the show had the highest bid. Oh. Uh, and and Andy Bregman had some really cool things like uh, he had like an old edition of Harvard Lampoon from like back in the day, like in the '60s or something that he had written in, and then like you know a bunch of like. Famous people who went on to do like The Simpsons and the and write for Quinn and O'Brien and stuff. They were all in there, uh, and then he had old records, and, you know, and the same thing like rare forty fives and stuff. All this stuff from their personal collections. Um, and Andy Bregman ended up winning, but uh, uh, also influenced TBTL and influenced us. Now that's just another thing I was thinking about. Okay, and I was thinking we could we should go back to some of those old seven second delays and maybe just. Outright steal some stuff oh, yeah, from them. Like to, I'm not familiar with that, so I, I would like to check that out. Seven second delay. Like today, and today we're because because I am a donor to Too Beautiful to Live. I got this little little mini little mini transistor box that uh, allows me to do drops from their show. Like that's my wife. That's my wife. And go Browns. <laughs> go Browns. Uh, where's the? <laughs> <laughs> hold my call. I was trying to find the. Oh, I never miss a sausage fest. Spot sabotage the system. Oh. <laughs> anyway, lots of fun. Good fun. Thank you so much to uh, to Andy and Luke, Luke and Andrew, for all of the many thousands of episodes of TBTL that they've done. Uh, and here we are. At 106 of One Magical Hour, and so happy to be here. I'm Matthew. I get a little thrill every time we say the current episode number. Oh, it's now a, that we're in three digits. I like every time. I'm just like, wow, 106. That's so many. It's impressive. But then you compare it to Luke and Andrew's 3500, and it just <laughs> we seem like yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> prototypes. Rookies. We, we, we're, we're like the ooze, the primordial ooze of podcasting. And that, that we are, but I, you know, I like to think of 
episode 3000 of One Magical Hour and imagine that. I mean, we know where we came from, which was a phone call in a pandemic. And uh, I think things have come a long way, especially like sitting on the sitting on your couch with the, you got a lot of skateboards around here, bro. <laughs> I had a midlife crisis. I'm sorry. I had a midlife crisis and I, you know, instead of buying a Lamborghini, which obviously I really couldn't afford anyway. Um, you, brought, you brought a bunch of skateboards. I uh, did uh, get online and build myself some skateboards. Those are all like uh, one of those is going to Shafee for his birthday. Yeah. One of them is going to, Dick for his birthday, and you know, play your cards right, Matthew. You might have a birthday present. Oh yeah, that's coming nice. your way from the Shafee Custom Skateboard Shop. You know, we, I'm going to the skate park with Griffin oftentimes now. Griffin's yep. getting way into skating, and a lot of times when I'm there, I think, man, I should just skate. You know, why don't I just get out there and skate? Like, I don't have to, I don't have to thrash. I could just skate around. Yeah, just pump up and down, and the... but then. Then I'm just, I, again, I mentioned the orthopedic surgeries. I really, I have some compromised joints and, yeah. and I, I don't need any more of that in my life. I, I'm being careful. I, I'm saving my, I'm enjoying the heck out of golf. I'm actually, if it's 10 years now that I've been casually trying to be a golfer and I, I was in a, a team match play on Friday, um, I was, I'm the D golfer in the group. I was paired up with the A golfer and the, the B and C golfer were together. And I got 10 strokes on the 10 hardest holes and the C golfer got seven strokes and we played it to a draw. We played it to even and we're back and forth, but I had some, I won some holes and I got a birdie on a par three. I nice. put, I rolled the ball, must've rolled right by the cup. I rolled it about two feet away from the cup and got a, a legitimate bird. And then we played a uh, a playoff hole because we were even, mm-hmm. and we just said, "Okay, we're just going to play one more hole, and if it's even after that." And for my team, I got a par to keep us even to even the game. Nice. And so, um, I'm so I, I finally worked myself into a place where I can go out with almost any golf. I, I played with some good golfers, and, um, and you can hang. you know for. For years, it was tedious to play with me. I'm quite sure, but um, and it's um, taken you ten years to get there. You'd say it's t- it, it has taken me t- like well, that surgery was ten years ago, and then maybe I spent maybe it's only nine years because I did spend some time just just going to the gym, not really training for anything, and then I had so many friends playing golf, and I just a friend of mine gave me a set of irons, and I got a I got a bag with a Corona logo on it from the beer distributor. Nice. And I just started playing and no, I still haven't taken any lessons, which is foolish. Um, but I, I think there's finally hacked enough balls that I'm hitting them. Okay. I think I would like golf. I think playing golf would be good for me too. And you know, between my brother and you Did your brother and play golf? Royce. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dick played high school golf. Oh, he did. Yeah. He's, he's really good. Oh, well, uh, I to get out there. Out in, you know, they've got some fancy courses out in Rodoso, you know, where my mom and her boyfriend have a, have a place and, uh, Dick got an albatross out there once. Wow. And so that's like two on a par five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's exciting. That's like something that never even happens when I'm playing on my PlayStation, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) 
Well, look, I know golf is problematic in so many ways, but if you no. take, if you take away all the exclusionary practices, and yeah, that, that's not golf's fault. Yeah, that's that's you really, <laughs> you know, golf was originally like some you know crazy Scottish hairy Scottish people, you know, screwing around while they were tending their sheep. It's, I mean, just the, just the concept of taking that little ball and you're going to put it in a cup, you know, 400 yards away. It's not fair that, it's not fair that rich white assholes made it, ruined it for everybody. They'll do it every time (laughs) with whatever that the the rich white people will just uh, (laughs) screw everything up for everybody. Um, you, I, you know, we had promised the listener a wiki history. Oh, that was the, that was sundown. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. The boy, a, boy, a sneaky segment. Yeah, a sneak segment. Okay, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. The interesting I, I thing know, about I, that, I though, I don't know that much about Gordon Lightfoot just in general. So, um, the interesting thing about that is, two years ago, though, I got all that information off of Wikipedia, and it has since been scrubbed. Where uh, it doesn't talk about any of the, it just gives the lyrics and the songs, you know, the, how how the song did on the charts and stuff. Oh. It took all that personal stuff off there, but then, I, but I found it on other sites too. Wow, huh. and I understand. I think honestly, you know, if you're like uh, Kathy Smith's niece or something, or I don't know, maybe Kathy Smith is still alive. I understand that there's definitely more to this story. Like, I'm not, I'm not blaming you for John Belushi's death, or you know. Saying that you know you're a you're a bad person for you know getting into fisticuffs with Gordon Lightfoot. I understand that there's more to all of those stories, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting that yeah somebody just kind of whitewashed it. Yeah. And that's uh that's kind of the the weird thing about the internet, isn't it? <laughs> there's there's things that can come and go and some things that stay forever and anybody can say anything. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Anybody can say anything like us. I'm- uh, <laughs> you know, we switched it up at the beginning. And uh, so I had suggested Shafee reads a, a poem a lot here, but I was, I was hoping to read one of Shafee's poems for our poetry corner. Yeah, let's do it. You got to vamp for a minute. I think. This song goes out. All the coffee lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I should have given to TVTO. That's a tuna, bro. <laughs> There's, you can borrow whatever you want. Uh, play, uh, uh, play Luke's mom. This is Luke Burbank's mom. I say, I say, what's up, Joe? <laughs> I always thought that was Wanda Sykes. No, no, that's Susie Burbank. Speaking of Wanda, she's been filling in for Jimmy Kimmel uh, this last week or so, and. Uh, that was pretty fun. Wanda's pretty funny. You like Wanda? I do, yeah. yeah. I've always enjoyed her. Uh, Nick Kroll was a guest host one night. I like. I sometimes enjoy the the Kimmel guests. Arsenio Hall did at least one episode. Uh, okay, here, here's one for you, Matthew. Uh, this is called speed washing. This uh, sometimes if you're if you're if you're writing a poem, sometimes you do it in the style of or inspired by another poet. And then, you know, you usually put the title and then you credit the person whom, who's, who you're, uh, you're influenced by in it. So just like the podcast was influenced by yeah. TVTL and we try to credit them. But in the, in the, so <laughs> in the literary verbiage, you would say 
after. So we'd be like, say, this is one magical hour after Too Beautiful to Live. Okay. And so this is this poem is called Speedwash after Ron Padgett. Ron Padgett uh, inspired this uh, this poem. Okay. And you go you can go right ahead and read it. Okay. <clears throat> is this was this on your uh, on your blog? Yes. This from the blog. Okay. Yeah. Speedwash after Ron Padgett. Down here in the laundry room, I lord over a tiny city made of cleaning products. For these base-colored buildings, I am a tiny act of God, calling forth natural disasters named Speedwash, or Delicates. I hope you'll come home soon before an entire civilization a brief history, the epic song of our two dirty lives is cleaned to death. <laughs> jalapeno! 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 I mean, I, I, I think that that poem holds up. I think it's probably would be much more interesting if you were familiar with Ron Padgett's work. Okay. Um, it, it is like so. Ron Ron Paget would r- write a poem about making a salad, and it's a you know, and a whole relationship is tied up in that poem. You know, that's a, okay. It's kind of a micro macro situation. Yeah, yeah. Who is Ron Paget? He's a poet uh, from a contemporary. Uh, no, he's the previous generation. Um, but he was active in New York when I was there. He was friends with Frank O'Hara and those guys, the, what they call the New York School of Poets. Okay. Um, he, I always tried to get him to come read when I was hosting readings in New York, and he was always like, oh, man, I, I'm playing tennis out on Long Island. Or, oh, you know, yeah. He was always doing something really cool sounding. <laughs> um, How did you get his contact? With him? Uh, you, you, there are ways, you know. <laughs> people get people pass emails along to you. I see. Um, Aha. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, I never, I, I can only imagine like the kind of, you know, people like self-promoting and stuff, you know, that if they get those, I never did that. I just. Is this like the time you reached out to Tyler Lockett? <laughs> it's, it's not like that. Well, uh, Ron Padgett actually did respond to me, which is, you know, that's more than, you know, some people do. Um, however, I, sh- I think I should try to gram up. Well, man, now he's probably back at work already. I should have like tried to gram him up, slide into his DMs like a month ago, you know. Who? Tyler. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody's looking to be a guest on this podcast, but you might find yourself as a guest on this podcast. So yeah, you got to watch yourself. We need to check in with old Alex Battles. Yeah, we really do. I, I feel like. He was really engaged there for a minute, and I, I'm sure he's gotten busy. Yeah, he's busy, but he, he's told he's told me repeatedly yeah, he'll he'll be on whenever we ask. So okay, yeah. Well, pre-promotion, we're going to talk to Alex again soon. We've also got some other friends on our list that uh, that we're coming for. Yeah, if, uh, if, 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 imagine me as Liam Neeson, and I'll say it again: I will find you. <laughs> uh, 
we got some new songs from Brian Benitez. So it would be yes. I think this. I think we'll we're gonna hear that just about right now. It actually. would be fun to yes, have him back on to talk about those songs. Okay. And I was also wondering because he reached out to me and was like, "Hey, can I submit some songs to you?" I was like, "Brian, oh, you, submit them all. You just we'll send us whatever order. songs you want us to play, and we'll play them uh, absolutely." But so because he worded it that way, I thought maybe Brian was gonna send us something that he thought like might replace the instrumental music uh, of his that yeah. plays in a, which I love that just the way it is. But Brian, if you ever wanted to like uh, update something and you know, it'd be pretty easy for us to just swap right. that out. Right. Yeah, that's fine. Although I love uh, our instrumental. I, love our, the way it is. I don't know. Like, you know, but I'm happy to play any of Brian's tunes. It uh, it might be fun to, you know, or after each cast, have an alternate to sneak in there. Just like, like we do sometimes. Yeah. Like we sometimes play the long version of Alex's, uh, yeah, is Alex's song. I, I am kind of recycling our friend's songs at this point. Too. Yeah. Although I did end our our uh, episode one hundred and four, an anagram of UFC. I ended that with yesterday's fights, which we've heard before, oh. but it seemed to fit right in there. And then I was listening back to it, and I love that song, yesterday's fights. I love it too. And it, you know. The it's whole world was exploding just yesterday. Ben Murphy and uh, actually Brian, you should uh, you should try this up. Ben Murphy found some kind of service that's like a it's like a rights distributor for independent and unpublished acts. So what happens is you can you can say, all right, I'm going to join you up. You can have access to whatever my work of my work you want, and then. And then people can then use that work, you know, in their movie or whatever for much less than they would pay for, you know, like Led Zeppelin or something. And then, you know, uh, 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 portions of it get, then get kicked back to the to the artist. Are you suggesting that we pay for song? Oh, I was thinking I, I was thinking I, since Ben's already doing this, we've already used Ben's a lot. Like, I think, you know, I might do it just to pay Ben back for, you know, what what we do. Yeah. And um, this is counter to your previous policy of just using your friend's songs and not telling them about well, it. <laughs> it's nice of them that, they, you know, that they, that they're willing to do that for us. That but no one has brought legal action against you. But if far. a friend like Ben has, you know, figured out a way yeah. to, uh, to do it. And if it's not going to break my, you know, like obviously there's a limit to what I can afford. And now I think we need to get a GoFundMe from our listeners to pay for, <laughs> To pay our artist friends. The, uh, yeah, that's, what, that's what one way of doing it. What if GoFundMe was just a redistribution to the arts? It was just like an arts <laughs> contribution. I think that there are a lot of... I think people could be interested in that. Business models set up that way. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. Not that this is any kind of business model. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I love you, Shafi, and I love the listeners. You too, but... And uh, this this is so much funner. I hope that the pandemic doesn't get so bad that I can't come sit on this couch and do it again. Yeah, I, I honestly think that for summer, this is what it's going to have to be too. Like it's going to because the garage That's is great. brutal right about this time of year. I, um, and I think these uh, these recordings seem to work out much better. I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I no, no. It's listen for the history of this show for the most part Schaefer and I've been in you know in separate places and um it's just it's so different when we're in the room together and it, it really is easier to 
uh, just converse. So that's a reminder to everybody that like Zoom's great, the pandemic's great, whatever, but it is really nice to like be in the room with people. And of course, I'm not talking to anyone's employer because I know if you want to stay home and work from home, that's great. But, yeah. Um, I like seeing people. So get your vaccination. And and remember that the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. Bye. Uh-huh.